And welcome back to Everyday Economics, the podcast that helps you learn about the economic world happening around you every day. I'm your host, Chris Krug, president of the 501c3 nonprofit, nonpartisan Franklin News Foundation. Everyday Economics is a production of America's Talking Network. You can listen to all of our terrific podcasts at americastalking.com. We are recording this episode on Independence Day, July 4th, 2023. And joining me, as always, is my friend and colleague, Dr. Orfe Divangi. He's a PhD economist. Dr. O, I'm so glad to be with you today. We are halfway through the year now. You know, I mean, the, you know, crested into July, we're on the other side of the solstice. I want to look at the first half of the year and talk about what did and didn't happen. But as we entered into 2023, there was a lot of prediction and concern and upset from a lot of people. The economy was going to go out of control. Some people said that there would be, you know, a hard landing and we would feel it in the first two quarters of the year. None of those things has happened. What did you say was going to happen and what has happened? I've always been very consistent with the possibility of a soft landing, possibility of a soft landing. But definitely one of the things that we've talked about on the podcast is this concept that the U.S. economy was uh, going to reaccelerate, which is rubbish, right? There's no landing scenario. There's going to be a landing uh, no matter what. You're referencing the no landing scenario, that the economy just comes down close to the ground, but then zooms right back up into the sky. That's right. It's just not happening, right? Not happening because the Fed was, and we talked about this on the podcast, the Fed was concerned about not repeating the mistakes of the past, easing too soon and allowing inflation to resurge. And we talked about that. And so, so you know, in my mind, it's always been, you know, we're going to have a hard landing or a soft landing. And I've always leaned a little bit more towards the soft landing scenario. And, and that's exactly what's happening. And the reason why it's happening is you're looking at the U.S. economy, despite calls for recession, right? We, so many people called, called the U.S. economy heading into a recession. Despite all those calls and those predictions, the U.S. economy has been very resilient and has avoided a recession and continues to do so. Right. And when you look at GDP numbers, yes, the U.S. economy is slowing. GDP growth slowed from 5.7% year over year in quarter four of 2021 to 1.8% year over year in the first quarter of this year, 2023. Right. So massive slowing. And, and that was expected. We had the, 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 the fastest tightening cycle, uh, Fed tightening, policy tightening cycle in more than 40 years. It was expected the U.S. economy is slowing down, but it's not headed into a recession, not yet anyway. And if it does go into a recession, it probably will come from a policy mistake. It probably will come from the Fed over tightening rather than from some other shock, right? You're looking at the pace of economic growth in the quarter quarter one of this year, 2% annual pace for quarter one, roughly 2% for second quarter. You still have about 10 million job openings. We're averaging about 283,000 jobs per month over the last three months. Demand is still strong, but demand has cooled while supply continues to, uh, supply has been, has been steady. And so if you have demand cooling and a steady supply of goods and services, you end up with price declines. And, and so that's what, that's kind of why we're seeing the U.S. economy, why I feel confident. We're headed towards that landing. It's just been slower, right? It's slower than we had anticipated, but it's coming and it's coming at a slow and steady pace instead of a big crash 
which is exactly what the Fed needed and wanted. Now, you know, of course, you know, I say, I say wanted, but you know, I think the Fed is impatient, right? The Fed, the Fed wanted it to happen faster, sooner, and now realize that core inflation has been somewhat stuck and that core inflation needs to come down more. Now they are slowed the pace of policy tightening because they want to avoid making the mistake. The big mistake has always been, historically has always been that the Fed overdid it and that tightened too much. And, and that's what sent the, the U.S. economy into, into recession territory. Were there any reports or any metrics or any indicators that came up in the first half of the year that really caught you by surprise? Yeah, I mean, the, the idea that you could have uh, the banking turmoil that we saw in the in quarter one to at the end of quarter one, and basically financial conditions continuing to ease instead of tighten, right? So they tightened for a little while, and then you know the the, the Fed and the Treasury intervened, and then all of a sudden, you know, we were supposed to see more tightening, more credit tightening, and you know, it's financial conditions seem to be easing right now, and so that that to me is still very surprising. I think that given the kind of turmoil we saw with regional banks, we would have, the U.S. economy would have slowed even more, much more uh, substantially than it has already. But also, the, the second thing that I think was caught me by surprise is the fact that consumer spending, while it slowed, it's kind of remained pretty impressive. Given, and I say impressive, but I say impressive given the fact that we've had uh, interest rates increase so much. I think consumer spending has been very resilient. The U.S. consumer has really surprised on the upside. And part of that story, I think, is probably all this wealth. And I, I wrote about this in my uh, Green Chicago business column, this wealth effect, right? We had, even though the S&P 500 is up here to date, it's back to where it was when the Fed had started raising interest rates. Okay, so we had a big decline in 2022, and now it's up year to date. Great. But housing, on the other hand, when you think about wealth, housing wealth, housing wealth has continued to increase. For most people, we had a little dip at the end of last year, but housing wealth is still up a lot. Most homeowners are sitting on near record home equity. And when you have that kind of housing wealth, you're able to refinance, to pay down debt, you're able, especially, you know, costly credit card debt, right? And you're able to keep going. And so now, you know, households have this massive buffer. They're protected against further interest rate hikes. They're, they, they have a buffer to go with, to go, you know, to keep spending, basically. You know, you take that, you add the fact that the labor market's still pretty strong, right? And that basically the leisure and hospitality sector is still so far below where it was before the pandemic. And you put that together and you're like, wow, you know, you have a situation where the consumer can withstand the pressure and you can avoid a recession. You know, consumer spending is still already 60 to 70 percent of, of the U.S. economy. It's the bulk. And so as long as the consumer is strong, the U.S. economy can keep going. Uh, the good news, though, is that in May and when I say good news, I say good news on the inflation front. Good news on the inflation front in May was that real consumer spending was flat on, uh, on the month and, and that consumers cut back on some of the discretionary spending. Uh, so, you know, the cutback on discretionary spending means, you know, less upward pressure on prices, uh, which is good news on the inflation front, good news for the Fed. 
So you have a consumer that is starting to pull back a little bit, but that's still in pretty good financial condition. And by the way, it's not true for all consumers. I have to add that. I think we have people, uh, households at the bottom of the income distribution and renters, people who don't own their homes that have been squeezed tremendously. No doubt about that. And then you have homeowners, higher upper middle class who have been kind of shielded because of all the, because of their strength for the housing market during the pandemic. Well, I appreciate your insights. That was a good recap of the first half of 2023. On the next episode of Everyday Economics, you and I are going to talk about what to expect in the second half of the year for Orfe Divangi. This has been Chris Krug. Subscribe to Everyday Economics and dozens of other high-quality podcasts at americastalking.com.